Hey folks, welcome back for another episode of Fallen Badge. Today's episode is going to be the murder of Troopers Scott Johnson and Gabe Rich, Alaskan State Troopers. Sergeant Johnson, Trooper Rich, were assigned to D Detachment of the Rural Service Unit. Now the city they operated out of was Fairbanks. Now that D Detachment, that just indicates the area of Alaska that they're responsible for. Now at the time this event occurred, 2014, D detachment had about 100 employees, and about 62 of them were commissioned troopers. Now, D detachment was responsible for 114,267 people who lived in an area. 163,700 square miles. That was their boundaries. That's massive. Now most of these areas they serviced, they had to get there by airplane, possibly boat if the rivers were passable. Now, the troopers served as the primary or secondary source of law enforcement for the over 30 villages that were located in the area. Now, the troopers, the front line in many of the smaller villages were known as village public safety officers. Now, these guys had some of the police training but they were not armed, or not at the time of this event in 2014. They handled calls for police services. They handled search and rescue operations. They were jacks of all trade. Now, if they ran into an issue that they couldn't handle, then they'd get on the radio and holler up for some troopers to fly in. Now, at the time of this event, there were six VPSOs in the boundaries of D detachment. Now, the small town of Tananaw, it's probably 150 miles or so from Fairbanks. That's the town where this shooting is going to occur. Now, this village is made up of mostly Athabascan Indians that are native to the Alaskan state. In fact, even into Canada, I believe. Now, this small town 
only has about 230, 240 residents, so it's a very small town. It's April 30th, 2014. There's a fellow named Arvin Kangas. He had sold a couch to a mother and daughter and they hadn't paid him yet. So now he confronts them about the $150 he ain't paid. So now Mama, she's scared old Arvin's gonna come back over there and take the couch back. Might be easier if she just would have paid. Anyways, Mama calls the VPSO officer, Mark Haglin, tells him that Arvin's been threatening them. So, this officer Haglin. He stops by to talk to Arvin about what's going on. Well, then Arvin threatens to shoot him with a shotgun. So Haglin takes the better part of Valor, and he heads back to his office. And he calls in to the Alaskan State Trooper office there in Fairbanks. And he requests some troopers come to the village to help him out. Well, the next day, it's May 1st, 2014, a pilot named David Keel, he lands a Cessna caravan there at the airport at Tananaw. Now, Sergeant Johnson and Trooper Ritz, they get out of the plane along with Keel, the pilot. Three of them are laughing and joking. They walk over and they talk to the VPSO officer, Haglin. Well, then they go to Haglin's office and the troopers fill out the necessary paperwork after they've talked to Haglin about what's going on and what happened. So now they decide to kill the pilot. He probably doesn't need to go. He's not a commissioned officer, so he's just going to stay there at the little office. So Haglin drives the troopers over to Arvin Kangas's home there. They're going to arrest O. Arvin. Now, when the officers get over to the Kangas residence, Arvin's, he's getting into a vehicle parked outside of the house. Well, he wants to know what they're doing there, and they tell him that they got a warrant and that he needs to get out of the vehicle. 
that he told them he wasn't going to be arrested. Now both troopers are wearing body mics, so everything that's being said is recorded. And we know from those conversations that the troopers were incredibly polite and professional, despite the fact that Mr. Kangas was cursing them up one side and down the other, telling them he was not going to be arrested, accused that uh, Haglin, Officer Haglin, accused him of just, he just didn't like Indians. So now after about 20 minutes of them talking, Kangas, he gets out of the vehicle, and then he sits down on the front porch, and he's just telling them, I ain't going peaceably. We're going to have to fight. So they're talking. So then, this Mr. Kangas, he gets up and says he's going in the house. And that's when the troopers are trying to handcuff him. Now, old Arvin, he's a big fella. He's a heavyset fella. So I imagine he's a handful. Well, he gets to fighting back. And the two troopers and this Mr. Kangas, they basically fall through the front door, the opened front door, and fall into the living room of the house. So now the fight's on. Now one of the troopers is advising he's getting ready to tase him. So about that time, Arvin's 19-year-old son Nathaniel he comes into the room now he's armed with a Ruger Mini 14 semi-automatic rifle and he cranks off seven rounds basically in the backs of both troopers and of course those rounds shred the vest that the troopers are wearing and they both go down now, Nathaniel, he points the gun then at the VPSO officer, Haglin. And he thought that old Nathaniel was going to shoot him, but he didn't. So Haglin, he runs back out of the house, jumps in his truck, and he heads back to the VPSO office where the pallet kill was set. Now, the two troopers aren't dead yet because their body recorders are going. Now, Haglin, he gets back to the office and he tells Kill that Nathaniel Kangas has done shot both troopers. So now the pilot, Kill, he runs out of the office and runs to the truck and he's looking for the troopers' bodies. And he doesn't see them. And he's just beside himself. And he asks Haglin, he goes, you left them there? Haglin said, well... He was scared, and he thought he was about to be killed, so he ran. Now, I don't know if I can necessarily blame Haglin for that. He's not armed. Well, anyways, they get on the radio, and they report what's happened, and they ask for help. Now, remember, help's coming by plane, so there ain't going to be no help just in the next few minutes. It's going to be a while. Now, I'll give the pilot kill a lot of credit, because he gets Haglin, they jump in the truck, They head over to the village clinic. They get medical supplies for the troopers. They pick up some more weapons because the uh, physician's assistant that works there 
fella named Everett Carroll. He's a retired Army veteran, so he's got some guns. In fact, everybody in that village has guns. So the pilot Keel, the VPS officer Haglin, and the physician's assistant Carroll. Now, when the three of them pull up to the house, there's a group of people standing near the house. And the pilot Keel said he got real nervous then. Now, he knew most of the people in the town there were, were friendly, but now he also knew there was that small little number of the population that resented white men, and they didn't appreciate them meddling in village affairs. Now, Haglin, he spots Arvin and Nathaniel in the group of people, and he points them out to kill. Kill jumps out of the truck and orders everyone to get out on the ground. And he checked the people for weapons. And he told Haglin to watch the bystanders while he and Carol entered the house. And you got to remember this now. Kill is not a commissioned officer. He's a pilot. But he sure is doing a, a awful good imitation of the police. All right, so they get inside the house. Kill finds a woman in there. And that's Arvin's wife, Judy. Now, she's standing near the bodies of Johnson and Rich. Now, Kill orders her to raise her arms, and him and Carol, they search the rest of the house to make sure there's no one else in there. Now, Kill, he checks Johnson, Sergeant Johnson and Trooper Rich, and they're both dead. Now, in a fit of anger, he kicks a box that's there inside the house. And this Miss Arvin, she asks him why he's so mad. Now, I I just cannot believe that Pilot Kill didn't just choke her out on the spot for asking such a question at that time. So now, Kill, Haglin, and Carol, they, they take old Nathaniel... They uh, grab him up. They handcuff him, and Nathaniel he doesn't he doesn't put up any resistance. He just just kept apologizing for shooting the two troopers the whole time that they're putting him in the vehicle. So they drive him back to their little office, and they're waiting on help. Now, Lieutenant Deputy Commander, he flies in with a SERT unit. Now, that is the Alaskan State Troopers Special Emergency Response Team. And as the title might suggest, they handle high-risk incidents, barricades, high-risk warrants, now, obviously, when Lieutenant Commander Wasserman, when he's told that O'Arvin's loose in town somewhere, he doesn't feel good too good about that situation because he is aware that there is a group of anti-government individuals that live in town. So 
him and his team, they start going through town looking for Arvin. Now about 7 o'clock, they get a tip that old Arvin's holed up in somebody's house. So the cert unit, they head over and they surround that house. Now old Arvin, he tells them he ain't coming out. So that goes on for a few hours. Well, about 10 p.m., Arvin, he comes on and surrenders. I'm going to assume the occupants of the house didn't want it getting shot up. So I'm sure they probably told Arvin he needed to get out. So Arvin gets arrested. Now the son, Nathaniel, he's put on trial. And he is found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder. And he's given 203 years. Now, Arvin, he got hit with three counts of tampering with evidence. And he did a little prison time. He'll be out. In fact, he may be out by now. Sergeant Patrick Scott Johnson, Trooper Gabriel Lennox Rich. End of watch, May 1st, 2014.